Murder in the Black Fam. Hey, it is your host, Steph, and we are back for a bonus episode. But before we get into our story time, Happy New Year. It is officially 2022. And I wanted to let you guys know, y'all are getting this like the first week of the new year. Okay, we just six days in. This is January 6th. And you guys, like, I wish the new year would have started better. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm super thankful for all the blessings and being able to be here. But I just feel like 2020, 2021, 2022, it's like we're in this time loop in the twilight zone. Like, it just won't ever end. Like, this COVID situation, already six days into the new year, we got two new variants. Y'all, are you exhausted? I'm already exhausted. And this new year ain't really even started yet. So I did I did us all a favor, okay? I had my prayer time today and I said, Lord, just want to let you know you can start up the rapture. We ready to go. It's getting very ghetto on earth. You, you can do it, Lord. Because these variants, XYZ, LMNOP, I am tired, okay? <laughs> but hopefully with all of the stuff that's going on, hopefully y'all can just escape with me with this story time. But I want to go ahead and like do some do some housekeeping, so to speak. I just want to thank all of the people who have shared and liked our podcast. I was checking out some analytics here on Anchor, um, which is our hosting website that hosts all of our podcasts, which enables us to like put it on Apple, put it on Spotify. And our analytics just show we booming over here. Y'all are definitely showing us mad love and we appreciate it. Like, I really, really do appreciate it. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you like us, share us on all your platforms or just, you know, share us with your friends. Just copy and link an episode that you really enjoyed and share with friends and family. We definitely appreciate it over here. And I just want to make sure that I always show love to everybody who's showing love to me, right? But if you are new here and or you've listened to Murder in the Black and you're like, girl, Steph, we know you here, but where's MD? Well, I'm MD less today. This is a bonus episode. So when I say bonus episode, what I simply mean is I don't have my co-host with me. I'm doing this story time solo and MD will do some story time solo, but thus far she hasn't been able to do it. All the bonus episodes, which there are only two, including this one, have been from me. The reason why we do bonus episodes is one, we want to make sure we continuously push out content with or on the schedule that we've promised you guys. We gotta give the people what they want. I mean, that's just what we do here at Murder in the Black. So we said we were gonna release a weekly podcast. We wanna stay true to that. So it get, it makes sure that we, it enables us to do what we said we're gonna do. Number two, it also gives you guys like a feel of our personalities outside of each other, right? Our interactions with each other. But I promise, 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 Pretty much normally and almost always, can I I even say that? Almost always, Um, it's going to be MD and I, okay? But I hope you guys enjoy these bonus episodes. So far, I would say that y'all do. You know, it's only one bonus episode, but you know, hey, I think you guys do. So let's let's keep on with that energy, okay? Big, big energy on that. And uh, I want to let you know that if you're new and this is your first podcast with us here on Murder in the Black, we actually are bingeable. 
Like, yeah, certified. Okay, so there are actually three additional episodes. I want you to definitely finish this bonus episode. But if you go back to our page and look at our main page, we have three episodes. And I can say that each episode is about 35 to 45 minutes. And you know, that's bingeable. That's like a car ride to and from work. But who even really like goes into the office anymore? But if you do, that's a car ride to and from work and maybe at work if that's how you get down. Is also good enough to get you through a whole cleaning session at the house, okay? Put on them AirPods, block out them kids, and get the cleaning, okay? However you want to binge us, we're here for it. So I just want to let y'all know we have three episodes in the arsenal for you guys to check out. And um, that's what bonus episodes are all about. So let's get into the story time for today. I don't want to, you know, kiki it up with y'all too much. But, you know, I love doing these story times simply because I feel like I'm just like pulling up with an old friend and being like, hey, girl, let me tell you about this, about this crime story that is amazing. So that's what we're going to be doing. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So without further ado, our episode today is about Malia Davis. Now you guys know that I love to give titles to these episodes outside of giving you the factual names about the people and the cases we discuss. So if I had to give you a summary right before I begin about this case, I would say a caution for single parents. And I say that because I believe in this story, Malia's parents failed her. They did not do everything that they could do to protect her in this scenario. So let's discuss Malia. Malia was born February 5th, 2014 in Houston, Texas. She was four years old, and she's described by family members and caregivers as being sweet, charismatic, vibrant, and although she was shy, she would open up and bloom like a flower if she got to know you. She was super fun-loving and adventurous. She loved to go to the beach. She loved My Little Pony, just your typical vivacious four-year-old. And she had a beautiful soul. And I want to go ahead and kind of like paint a picture for you guys about Malia. Because she was a gorgeous little girl. She was light brown. She had um, brown hair and beautiful brown eyes. She had such an infectious 
smile that radiated so much like I felt like every time I looked at her pictures I was like oh my gosh she is just so cute and she was just so beautiful and you could tell that she was just totally vivacious about life and I I was just kind of like transcended by looking at a couple of her pictures by the vivaciousness and the the liveliness that children have that innocence that they have I you know I desire to have that and I don't know if it's kind of been clouded for me by like you know the responsibility and the stresses of life but I mean that innocence it's nothing like it and I just so enjoyed looking at a couple of photographs of her and so I highly encourage you guys to go check out some pictures of Malia she was such a beautiful child and such a beautiful soul and so she was the middle child she had an older brother and she shared a father with her older brother and um, their father's name was Craig Davis. And out of love, their mother, Brittany Bowens and Craig had both Malia and her older brother. Now, they later on split and Brittany, Malia's mother, was engaged to a man named Darian Vince. And they together produced their youngest child. Now, I'm unclear of how old Malia's older brother was but we do know that Malia was four and her younger brother was only one years old back in 2019. So they all lived together at an apartment the five of them together and although Malia and her older brother had a relationship with their father where he was visiting them and would take them places um, they were like in full-time full-time in the household with their mother primarily okay and um you know by all accounts everything was pretty normal for them in that household but in early April of 2019 Brittany's father died and so she began to prepare herself to go to his funeral in Massachusetts and she decided to not take her kids not because she didn't want to but simply because she couldn't afford to and actually a family member um, flew her out so that she could attend the funeral and she left to go to that funeral on April 30th. Now here's where the story kind of takes a turn she left her children in the care of their fathers the oldest son she left him in the care of Craig Davis it's unclear if or why I should say he did not also take Malia um I just kind of was stumped uh when I was researching that But it could have been for a good reason that he didn't take her. Maybe Malia wanted to stay behind with her younger brother. But that's where the oldest brother went. He he went with his father, Craig Davis. Now, Malia and her younger brother stayed in the care of Darian Vince, um, Brittany's fiance. So she left. And April 30th was the last time that anyone saw Malia alive. And we know this because Malia was seen on surveillance footage at their apartment complex walking behind Darian Vince. She um, had on a pink tutu and her hair was in pigtails and everything everything seemed to be fine um, in that footage. She didn't seem disrupted. She appeared to be totally okay. But on May 4th, an Amber Alert was reported by Brittany Bowen. Um, 
And she put out an Amber Alert for Malia, Darian, and their youngest son. Um, On May 3rd, they failed to pick her up from the airport. On May 3rd, she returned back to Houston to um, go home. And Darian was supposed to pick her up with the kids, but he did not pick her up. So at that point in time, she uh, had her mom pick her up. And on the next day is when she reported them missing. Now, on May 4th, like on the night of May 4th, he, Darian surfaces at a hospital. And it's like 11, um, 11 p.m. at night. It's 11 p.m. and Darian says to the hospital staff and to police that on May 3rd, he packed up the kids to go and get Brittany from the airport. Both Malia and his son were with him. He said on the way to the airport, he got a flat tire. He pulls over to the shoulder of the road and he said he gets out to change the tire when he was approached by three Hispanic men who began to beat him up and kidnap him and the kids, took them to an undisclosed location and beat him to where he was almost unconscious for 24 hours. When he woke up at this undisclosed location, his son was there, but Malia was missing. So they had abducted Malia. He said that he tried his best to get help from, you know, bystanders because he was on the other side of town, but no one would help him. And he actually walked to the hospital barefoot. So the hospital staff and the police immediately like snap into action. And on May 5th, the police officers of Sugarland, Texas, go ahead and reissue another Amber Alert on May 5th, specifically for Malia. And they are very concerned for Malia because she's considered special needs. She sustained a head injury in 2018 and she was in her mother's care. And basically what happened that day is in in the care of her mother, Malia, um, according to her mother, said that she fell down from a chair. And this injury was so severe that the doctors had to remove a part of Malia's skull. And as a result, she would have these seizures, seizures, I'm sorry. And, you know, what I have found out in my research is that initially, Brittany and Darian, the, the day of this incident, did not want to take Malia to the doctor. It was actually because of the insistence of Brittany's mother that they ended up taking Malia to the hospital and that for me was a red flag like it was like you know why wouldn't you take your kid to the hospital if they've sustained a head injury um you know just everything that we know about head injuries especially for a young person like head injuries are serious on anyone let's be clear but for a young person like a four-year-old girl who is still growing her brain has so much more development to to take place it's like why wouldn't you take her to 
the hospital. So her resistance going to the hospital to me was a major red flag. So everyone was very, you know, uh, had wanted to immediately find Malia as a result of this head injury that was causing seizures. So as a result of this, this head injury case though, CPS got involved because the doctor said as they evaluated um, Malia and her injury, they said the story that Brittany and Darian was giving about why she sustained this injury, it just didn't match up. So CPS actually got involved into this case. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the injury that was sustained... Um, warranted the doctors getting CPS involved, in which they did. So in August of 2018, the CPS, the CPS, CPS actually took all the children, took all three of the children, and they investigated the head injury claim. Um, However, through the investigation, they didn't find a cause for any wrongdoing. And so um, Brittany was granted full custody again of the children in February of 2019. However, that was a long time though. We can't just skip over that even though no one was charged. Um, And then they went into the care of CPS. So they didn't even, Malia or her brother didn't even, her older brother didn't even go into the care of someone else. They went like their father. They went right into the care of CPS, which I kind of found, I don't know the protocol there, but um, like as far as uh, investigation, like can they go into the care of a family member? I've heard instances where they can, but I actually was pretty stumped. Why didn't Malia and um, her brother, older brother, go into the care of Craig? Like that was just kind of another like, hmm, wonder why moment for me. Now, um, she was given full custody in February of 2019. Now, fast forward back to where we are in the case again. May 6th and May 7th, both Brittany and Craig Davis give statements to the media. Now, I watched an interview with Brittany, and Brittany seemed very remorseful, and so did Craig Davis. They both seemed to be very upset about their daughter, Malia being um missing um but you know I just I struggle with this case and I will give like my full synopsis about what I think but even telling you guys this story I want to stay on track with the storyline without giving too much of my two cents but it's just so hard right so anyway both seemed very remorseful when they gave their statements to the media on May 6th and May 7th now I will say that Craig Davis, who had custody at the time of Brittany going out of town for her father's funeral, he um, said that 
Between April 30th and May 3rd, he actually went over to the apartment to visit Malia. He said he never was able to physically check on her like he wanted to because Darian was being very evasive. Like he didn't want to answer the door. And then he always said that Malia was asleep or that she didn't feel good and she had a cold. So she didn't need to come out. And Craig Davis like accepted this. He didn't query anymore he didn't try to come in like despite her possibly being sick or being asleep like he just accepted the fact that he didn't see her so this was all pretty much the entire time that Brittany was out of town he was going over to the apartment now on um I believe it was May like May 9th uh the car was found the car Uh, that Darian was driving that he claimed these three Hispanic guys stole. It was found near Missouri City, Texas. And Brittany actually arrived on the scene and she just was crying profusely and people were trying to comfort her. And the police actually found a blue laundry basket in the car. They then, you know, told the car to um, allow investigators to fully, you know, get a full clean swipe of the car, anything that it may have had in it. But this laundry basket is significant because there was a footage released of Darian on May 3rd when he said he took the both kids and put them in the car to go pick up Brittany there was footage of him that was released from the apartment complex and it showed Darian going outside with a blue laundry basket in hand a trash bag and bottles of bleach okay So they actually found this blue laundry basket, the same laundry basket that was seen on the surveillance tape. It was seen in the back of this car as well. So tuck that under your hat because it's important. I want to also say again that there was no footage of the kids with him on May 3rd. It was just Darian going to his car with the items that I mentioned, okay? Now, Quanell X was someone who is a part of this case. And Quanell X was a spokes, he became a spokesperson for Brittany Bowen's family, for Brittany and her family, okay? And he was a community activist and he was a part of the new Black Panther Party. And he claimed that he gave a statement on behalf of Brittany and the family. And he said that Brittany went out of, when Brittany went out of town for her father's funeral, she broke things off with Darian. And he, Darian was very upset and as was she, but she went out of town and she said that she suspected that Darian was molesting Malia that he was abusing Malia and she also suspected that he was cheating um she said she found uh him sending you know ex you know very intimate photos of himself to men so y'all I want to say something so bad but we're gonna keep going okay so that's what she said she said that's what that was the climate 
of her leaving her kids in the care of Darian before she left. That's what was going on in their household. So you see, like, as this case progresses, you see Brittany slowly but surely kind of like removing herself, separating herself from Darian, okay? And she also says that her and Darian are no longer together, like just period, they're not together. On May 11th, Darian is arrested and charged with tampering with evidence of a human corpse. So when they told the Nissan Altima, which was the car that he was driving and uh, quote unquote was, you know, stolen, um, they did a clean sweep. They sprayed a chemical that showed blood and they found blood in the car. They actually found blood in the home as well that matched Malia. So at this point, this becomes a recovery. They're no longer looking for Malia for her to be found alive they are now trying to recover her body and this is so super sad um but they arrested him and charged him his bail was initially one million dollars but then they reduced it to forty five thousand. he still was unable to post bail so um a search party they have a search party here in texas um, that specializes in just searching for missing people. The search party, you know, immediately steps into action and they begin to search for Malia on um, Darian's um, route because he was a part of the, he worked for USPS. So they began to like search for her. Um, they had gotten some information from a family member that said if he was to ever hide a body, it would be on his route. And they were unable to find anything nothing came of that search um on may 17th vince's father and once again Brittany go to the media and they're releasing their statements and of course Brittany is speaking out against darian and darian vince's father is basically saying he believes his son is innocent although he acknowledges the fact that his son's story is falling apart. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So on May 22nd, um, there's an emergency hearing um, discussing um, if Brittany should even have care, should, should even have custody of her two remaining kids. And I'm not sure what came of that. Um, I, I don't know. And that would be something I I'm willing to come back and update you guys on if she was able to keep custody of the, her remaining children. Um, and I thought that was such a good hearing to have. Like, I felt like CPS and social services did their due diligence because there was just too much um, suspicion surrounding Brittany and the care of her children, just in general. Like, it's 2019, your child is missing. 2018, your, your daughter had... A severe head injury that caused her to have part a part of her skull removed and she was having seizures as a result like it's like girl what exactly are you doing at this point okay so the police um do a press conference and they basically said that they know that Darian Vince is lying they're still trying to look for Malia they're searching actively for her and then Quanell X, who was the spokesman of the family and Brittany, comes forward and says, 
um, to the media that he's no longer their spokesperson. He believes that Brittany is not telling the truth and that she may have something to do with her daughter gone missing. And so he stopped working for them, but he did say he went to Darian Vince and Darian Vince confessed that Malia was in fact deceased. He said it was an accident that Malia died. He dumped her body in a ditch in Arkansas. So on the 31st of May, the police go to Arkansas where he said he dumped her body. They recover Malia's body in a trash bag. And um, it was indeed Malia's body. They were able to confirm that on June 3rd. And, you know, this was such a sad and tragic ending to this story. Um, But it is a story that's worth being told. So before I, you know, kind of deviate from, um, I want to say the story the script, so to speak, or the story, the timeline of all of these things. I want to tell you guys what Darian Vince said happened that day, right? And I want to just say, we have to take this very loosely on what he says happened because you're a monster as far as I'm concerned. And I don't really know that we can believe you, but this is what he confessed to Quanell X. He said he got angry because he and Brittany had broken up. And when she began, she being Malia, began asking about her mother, he struck her in the head. She fell and began to convulse and had a seizure. Um, She started to bleed from her ears and nose and he strangled her and then dumped her body. He has been sentenced to 40 years in prison for intentional injury to a child, which caused serious injury by act or omission. Um, That is a first degree felony. And he is now serving that 40 years consecutively. that is the story of Malia Davis and the reason why I have kind of like dubbed this episode a cautionary tale for single parents is because there's so many questions so many reasons why I just believe Brittany Bowens failed her children she failed Malia I even believe Craig Davis failed Malia and then there's a part of me that believes that maybe even CPS failed her you know I believe that Brittany while she may not have been fully responsible for what happened to her daughter like fully responsible in the sense that she didn't physically do the act that caused her daughter's death but she like put her finger on the trigger and then Darion Davis pulled it. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because if you broke up with him for the reasons you said you did, you believe that he was molesting your daughter. He was cheating on you. Um, and you believe that he was abusing your daughter and you broke up with him, but you leave him in the care of your children. 
y'all make that make sense. Like somebody make that make sense. Because I'm like, the math ain't mathing. Like at all here. And if you knew that all of that was happening with him, if all of that was indeed true, which it may have been, why would you leave your kids in the care of him? His kid included. He's dangerous. You know what I mean? He's dangerous. You suspected him of molesting your kid, dude, abusing your kid, and you leave him in the care of your kid? Y'all, that's just too much. Number one, why she failed her kid. The other reason why I'm like, girl, you failed your kid is because the only reason why I believe that Malia was ever was ever able to go to the hospital that day that she had her head injury was because of her grandmother. It wasn't because of her mother. You know, Brittany and Darian were trying to, you know, not even take her. For all intents and purposes, Malia probably would have died back in August 2018 had they not taken her to the hospital. And that and that whole ordeal with CPS and the hospital and, you know, the doctors firmly believing that that head injury was not caused the way that Brittany and Darian said. I'm like, man, I mean, obviously, I the CPS felt like they did a thorough investigation, but I'm like, dude, that's. That's a lot. And I know accidents happen with kids. Do not get me wrong. I'm not trying to act like that That does not exist. But I just feel like, man, was there something they could have done differently? Was there something they may have missed? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Because I'm like, God, she needed saving then. She needed saving then. You know what I mean? And I guess the other thing... Is I feel like, and where was her dad? And where was Craig Davis during all of this? Like, I wish that I'm co-parenting. First of all, I'm always, I'm already like, when Child Protective Custody took took Malia, her brothers, into custody, her older brother and Malia. I'm like, why didn't why didn't didn't CPS give them to the father for temporary custody? question mark hmm okay they did it but then from april 30th to may 3rd craig davis says that he was going back and forth to the apartment supposedly checking in on malia trying to see how she was and if that's true right if that's true Y'all couldn't be no way. Nobody could be like your kid is your your kid is um has a cold, so I don't want you to come in and visit her. This is my kid. This came kid came from me. I'm absolutely gonna check on my kid. Like there would be nothing that would stop me from checking on my kid. You understand me? Like so, I'm already just I, I'm like really, really. So the fact that he just accepted that, y'all, just it just it just frustrates me. It frustrates me as a mother. It frustrates me that they failed their daughter. She was four years old. Who was fighting for Malia? 
Like, and I'm trying so hard not to get emotional, but it really just enrages me that, like, she's gone. And for what, dude? And going based upon what this monster, Darian, Darian says, he was mad at her mom and that's why he killed her. It's like, what, dude? And then how crazy is that? You know, and I often know that as like crime junkies and just as a human being, you're just trying to figure out what drives a person to commit these heinous acts, period, right? When it comes to murder and crimes, but when it comes to children, it's like, are you even serious? It's a child and that innocence should be protected, period. So I really wanted to like get through that case, even though y'all got some of my side comment, because it wouldn't be right if I didn't just like side comment and TTT and just kiki with y'all. But I wanted to save like my side comments for for um the end because there's so many things that I think if you're a single parent that. Sh- or if you have a friend that's a single parent, or if you have family members that are single parents, I think you have to be so intentional. You should be intentional about who you're dating anyway. Should definitely be intentional intentional about who you having babies with, okay? But I feel like those are things that are like really understood for the most part, right? But I think what's not talked about enough is dating single. Dating single and with kids. And how that vetting process of dating somebody has to really, really be investigated. You know what I mean? Really tried and put to the fire because, man, you just really don't know, folks. And with Darian Vince, he had no criminal background. So to Brittany's defense, in some ways, it's like, well, even if she kind of like thoroughly vetted him by like doing a background check, not that that's the only way you thoroughly vetted vet somebody. I think that could be part of the process. There was nothing in his background that suggested that. But I mean, the fact that she even thought that he was molesting her daughter and she left him in the care of her daughter. Y'all, I can't even get past that. Okay, I can't even get past that. But Brittany was never charged with anything having to do with her daughter's disappearance and ultimately her daughter's murder. Um, But she is just as guilty as him. And as far as I'm concerned, like I said, you know, she held the gun and put her finger on the trigger to allow this type of chaos to happen to her baby girl, you know? And that for me just really sends me, y'all. I mean, if you can't already say, I'm sick. I'm sent, child. I'm sent. But um, that is our story time for this podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope I've given you something to think about. And, you know, prayers for Malia, man. I mean, is justice really served? Her mother should be behind bars as far as I'm concerned. But that's just my opinion. I will say drop in the comments below and there is on on the anchor app there is an option for a voice comment so if you come you can 
suggest different cases that we can uh, do for you guys. You can leave a comment about a particular episode. So, you know, you can interact with us on our podcast, but you can definitely go to our Instagram, drop a comment on what you think about this episode. Definitely go to our TikTok. If you're not a part of the TikTok gang, what are you doing with your life? Okay, but go to the TikTok gang. Join us on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok. We are soon to be on YouTube. We are all Murder in the Black. Simple, easy, quick to remember. MD and I will be on next week for a really, really good story. I'm not going to tell y'all who it's about, but just know, TikTok will know first. So I will see you guys next time.